Welcome to the August 2018 edition of the DebtWire Middle Market Podcast. Over the past few months, we have seen trade tensions between the U.S. and some of its largest trading partners increase, especially with China, with a series of tit-for-tat tariffs implemented by both countries. The latest set just last month, when the U.S. implemented a 25% import duty on around $34 billion worth of uh, Chinese imports. Uh, China responded in a similar fashion, imposing a 25% tariff on imports of uh, farm products, auto, and aquatic products from the U.S. Today, we're joined by Tom Williams, co-head of the Global Industrials Group at Lincoln International, to discuss the impacts uh, this has had or may have on the market. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Hey, Peter. Thanks for having me today. Um, so, Tom, I guess, uh, you know, we can kind of uh, jump right into it. Um, so I wanted to start off, you know, you know, with a question on, you know, how is this uncertainty regarding the current trade environment? Uh, you know, in terms of the barriers and tariffs, how has this impacted the, um, you know, the middle market M&A space? Well, Peter, I, I can speak to what's happened in the middle market, and specifically industrials. Um, we had several deals launched prior to both the steel and aluminum tariffs, as well as the China tariffs under Section 301 that you mentioned. And despite that, our level of activity, though, is meaningfully ahead of last year. Generally speaking, we're seeing additional complexity on the deals as we work with our management teams to really decide on how best to address the tariffs and then the tactical actions that each company is taking. For example, some companies are considering how the tariffs will affect their supply chains and whether they should perhaps shift some of those suppliers to other countries that aren't facing the tariffs. But, but each deal's really had its own dynamics, and most deals are proceeding forward. Some have had little impact due to the fact that they have their U.S. sourcing supply chain in place, or perhaps they even own their own U.S. manufacturing. Some companies have considered other sourcing alternatives in areas that aren't facing the tariffs, like I said, that, like Taiwan. Many of our electronics companies are, are, are turning there. But some are really implementing the tariffs now, and sadly they're, they're scrambling to develop some procedures on how to pass along the tariffs and keep their customers satisfied at the same time with the 25% higher tariff. Most people believe these are going to be relatively short-term in duration, but it's, it's hard to predict, as we've seen, and harder to manage around. Uh, it, was, it was actually good this morning to see news of talks being uh, back on between the U.S. and China set for uh, later this month. Yes, I mean, on, on that note, this is changing on a day-to-day basis. So have we maybe not felt uh, the impacts, um, you know, right away? Are we still not feeling them, uh, or are they still to come later this year? That's a good question. We may be in the early innings here. The The steel and aluminum tariffs were implemented June 1, and the, as you noted, the first $34 billion of tariffs began just July 6th. Our clients are working on plans to implement those tariffs now, and they really weren't given much lead time. Um, so we'll see the impacts continuing to show up soon and the results of these companies. Um, and there's even more hearings on the next proposed $200 billion of tariffs for, uh, for next week, and we'll get more press around all of that too. But, you know, the market is very strong. The M&A middle market is very vibrant right now, and a lot of capital is available for deals. So we, we think... We'll continue to continue to move forward in a, at a nice pace. 
you know, as you say, you're quite involved in this in the industrial sector, uh, and you speak to investors and firms, uh, you know, frequently, maybe even on a day-to-day basis. So I'm curious to know, you know, you mentioned the companies. What concerns are uh, investors having? Uh, what are they telling you? The, the concerns are on, on these higher prices that each company may see and, and how they're going to compete. The, 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 the smart investors that we talk to, they've seen this before. Uh, tariffs have, are, are a tool. They're not a long-term policy, and they often own other manufacturing companies that, that are also facing tariffs. So um, some private equity firms are really seeing this now as an opportunity. But there's also others that are perhaps wanting to stay on the sideline until you know this, this, these trade issues pass. The, the $34 billion, you know, is a, was, was a big number, and it's caused some people to say, maybe I'll take a wait-and-see approach here. But we're really seeing a lot of interest in our deals across all the industrial sectors. People want us to bring new transactions to them. So uh, caution, but, but, but still very interest. Um, you know, in saying that, you know, you mentioned – uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, some are taking a wait-and-see approach. Uh, so, you know, is this, you said it's still very active, but is this keeping companies away from pursuing, you know, plans to either sell or buy other firms? Well, there's, there's, there's perhaps some, some concern there. I, I think it, it, it can cause a delay, um, but it's also an opportune time to perhaps maybe to consider an acquisition because of the uncertainty and perhaps there might be fewer buyers in the mix. But what we're recommending our clients do is have their arms around the issues, be prepared to talk about the tactics that they're using to face the trade, the trade barriers, and then show what their performance is going to be during this period of time. You know, you follow, you know, as you said, you, can, uh, you follow the industrial sector quite closely, right? It's the area you cover. But, um, you know, what other sectors are being impacted? Um, and, you know, which ones do you think should be on our minds? Well, our, our colleagues in the consumer sector are, are seeing the impacts of the tariffs. Similarly, they have global supply chains with Chinese and NAFTA partners, and they're clearly seeing the higher costs that are being passed along, and these, this can be quite a challenge to them. They've been, some of them have been very clear saying that the consumer is going to bear the, the final brunt of the, the higher tariffs and obviously challenge some of their value propositions. So that would be another sector I think that you could, you could think about as uh, – also facing facing this as well as industrials. All right. In terms of, you know, industrials is quite wide-ranging, uh, covers a, a ton of different sectors. Um, which ones, which sectors within industrials have uh, you seen, you know, these, these concerns um, most, I guess, both on the sell side and the buy well, side? There's some sectors that are probably in the spotlight. You noted some of them at, at the beginning here, uh, agriculture and autos. They've faced some comments on the trade issues. Those deals probably are getting more scrutiny uh, than, than others, but uh, the metals-related industries are, are, are wide and deep. The steel industry is obviously part of this as well. So those sectors are, are in the limelight. Um, the, the good news is, though, the, the, the investors are very bullish on the industrial sector. There's so many of the end markets that have shown improvement and the economic recovery that, that continues to go on in construction and housing um, the electronics uh, a- a sector, where we're very active, those are doing very well and, and holding up, holding up uh, very good to the uh, to to the performance. All right. How do you see the market for the rest of the year? You know, with this in this light, how do you see the the activity in the M and A space? Well, it, 
for for Lincoln and their industrial team, we we're, we have a record year underway, both number of deals in the U.S. as well as globally. So it we're we're, we're certainly showing a very very strong result this year. The financing providers are very active. They've got lots of leverage available for deals, and and thus that keeps the private equity community uh, very engaged. They have a, a lot of dry powder that they need to invest. And importantly, the strategic acquirers are very active. Uh, they're, they're starving for growth, and the middle market is where they, they often go to, to look for good deals and, and bolster their organic growth. So we see them very active in our processes now. So all of that bodes quite well with the strong economic backdrop we have. We've seen some industrial production numbers come out recently here that, 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 that look pretty well. So uh, we're, we're feeling pretty good from our industrial team about the, uh, the balance of the year. Uh, in speaking, uh, you know, as, as you said, the market is, is bullish. It's doing very well. And, you know, despite these trade concerns, I imagine that there are other, other concerns as well in the market. Uh, so could, could you outline some of these, you know, some concerns that, uh, you know, that investors are having? Sure. Um, as you know, the industrial manufacturers have really built up these global supply chains over a number of years. And they're all around the world. The suppliers they have don't want to lose those relationships, and we're seeing some of them now work with their customers to either offer some price reductions or other accommodations in light of the tariffs. These are sophisticated supply chains, and they may have to consider moving them around a little bit, like I said, to, to a Taiwan or a Mexico. But this isn't something that can be done quickly. You know, It, it is a, a topic that they have to think about. Um, there, the other concern is that they may be facing competitors who uh, don't have the tariffs uh, as an issue to confront, and it, it can be challenging. If a competitor can offer similar products without the tariff, you know, it, can be, it can be challenging. So it's causing them to consider other actions that they might consider uh, adopting. Uh, I guess the other lingering concern is the length of these programs. As you pointed out, it changes day to day. We had one deal that was very close to the finish line, and the acquirer just said it was just, you know, uncertainty was too much, and they wanted to, to take a pause. So we'll see that from time to time. Um, the, the uncertainty on the time and the impact of these programs is really uh, uh, probably the biggest concern people have. So, I mean, how, you know, in saying that, as you said, you know, you had a deal close to the finish line, and, you know, this is not just, uh, I mean, Lincoln, this is, you know, every other bank in the sector, you know, I, we, we speak people on a day-to-day basis, and that's that's what we see. Um, so, I mean, how, in a way, how are you navigating through this? What what are you doing to ease the concern of investors and the firms as well? You know, when when you're during the you know a sales process that's far along. It's a good question. It's a good question. Navigating through times like this, we we've done it before. We, as I said, the, the tariffs are not new, uh, new tool, but every deal you know, that's impacted by the tariffs, need, they really need to articulate what it means to them, how it's impacting their supply chain, their overseas sales, and, 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 and what they might do to address that. We, we have a client who was invited to Washington to appear at the U.S. Trade Representative hearings, and he stood up and talked about the impact of the tariffs on his business, and, and, and despite that, uh, the products did end up on the tariff list. But we're taking the experience. He had his real hands-on experience of talking to customers and other industry players and using that to talk with investors about his business, what the impacts of the tariffs are, and how his business is really going to survive through this period of time. So preparedness is, 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 is important. 
Um, we've heard that some private equity, uh, from some private equity firms that, that other investment banking advisory firms don't seem to be addressing this issue in their descriptive marketing materials. And this, this could be wrong. Um, it is evolving. It's hard to manage, but you can't ignore it. So we're advising our clients to have a game plan, know what you're going to do, and how you're really going to try to manage your business during this, this period of uncertainty. And um, I mean, in, in terms of, you know, this is, you know, middle market focused podcast, but, you know, has the middle market been as impacted as maybe the wider market or has it, you know, been shielded a bit? Well, it, it may not be getting the headlines that uh, the Harley Davidson and other companies are getting, um, but it is impacting many, many companies because of the fact that the, the, the industrial manufacturers use key components that are, many of them are sourced in China. The metal content is sourced. Um, this is we've we've offsourced uh, uh, a lot of manufacturing to uh, other countries. So I, I I believe it's really impacting the middle market, but maybe not grabbing the headlines that some of the bigger companies are getting. I mean, do you see any particular sector within industrials being more uh, active towards the end of the year? Um, in your in your opinion. We've got a couple sectors that are that are pretty robust at the moment. We have a subsector focus in industrial technology, and these are businesses that have uh, terrific products. Uh, they usually exhibit very good growth and, and earnings during all the cycles. Uh, think of this in the motion control area. Think of this in terms of uh, highly engineered components, uh, filtration equipment, flow control. Those sectors are are very active. They remain very much of interest to our investors, and we're, we're, we've got several deals that we're working on uh, today that uh, we hope to have you know, good conclusions on uh, later this year. Um, you know, you, you also mentioned, you know, we quite a bit, you talked about the supply chain some of these companies have and how they may need to change, you know, may need to change them a bit. Uh, you know, as this progresses on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, you know, can they go forward with their processes if they're really, you know, looking at changing suppliers? I mean, how, how do they, you know, if they're engaged in the middle of a process, how do they navigate through this? You know, how do they explain to potential investors in, you know, in, in these meetings? Well, as I said, it's not easy to, to change your supply chain. Many of them have built up multiple options, dual source suppliers, other countries. If they haven't done it, they're, they're maybe a little late now. But other instances, they do have suppliers who, who they can turn to. It takes time to retool and have products developed and, and then uh, shipped over, but um, they don't want to sit on their hands. They want to maintain optionality. So that's the type of tactics that we're talking with people about that they can do. Yeah. You know, in saying that, we, we focused, uh, you know, quite a bit on, on, you know, kind of the, the China-U.S. Uh, tariffs, but we do have some concerns, I guess, closer to home. The NAFTA negotiations are still ongoing. That was supposed to be, uh, you know, concluded already. Um, and, uh, you know, I imagine that a lot of, you know, your people you were talking to, you know, if they're changing supply chains, they may be changing them to either uh, Canadian firms or, you know, Mexican firms. Um, you know, are investors also concerned about uh, NAFTA and the outcomes of, um, of the negotiations ongoing? Absolutely. It, it, it does come up. Um... The, the, the questions are asked of management teams about those supply chains as well, and clearly there's been impacts in, in, in uh, the NAFTA uh, providers as well. It, it seems like 
the, the discussions have, tam have tampered down on NAFTA. China remains the, the headlines, if you will. But we're very much being asked about situations in, in Canada um, with supply coming out of there on, in situations. It, it, hasn't, it hasn't abated. You focus more, uh, I guess, on uh, you know, M&A advisory as well. But you know, how has this impacted uh, the debt origination space in any way as well? Well, I, I'm, I'm not involved in our, our debt origination efforts. Uh, I do see the debt providers on deals. Uh, we continue to see multiple providers support transactions. Uh, there are numerous lenders out there. They're all trying to get their arms around it with their credit committees as well, but we've not seen a material impact. I'd say, again, really want to understand the issues, want to understand the impact, and and uh, lenders will, will model in different, different scenarios. But you might be better to talk to someone in our debt advisory team uh, about some of the specifics. All right, all right. You know, again, uh, you know, going on to, you know, the middle market uh, and, and, and trade barriers, uh, you know, how how has, uh, you know, valuations on these companies been affected? I mean, uh, you know, we talked about some private equity firms, uh, you know, pushing back and, you know, maybe holding off plans. Has this affected multiples in any way? Again, it, it, we may be in the early early innings here a little bit. Um, we have a one transaction I'm aware of that we saw an instance where orders were pulled forward ahead of the tariffs. Another instance where production has had to slow down because of the tariffs. They are trying to slow slow their slow their production to match the, the demand. This impacts earnings, and. Uh, it's hard to sometimes triangulate what the total impact of the tariffs are on earnings. Um, our private equity friends are pretty good at understanding these issues, and it can factor into valuations. Um, so it, 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 it really depends, but uh, where we are seeing these, these instances, it can impact valuation. And uh, on another note, um, I guess to kind of uh, wrap things up, is there, is there any um, you know, timeline or any date that's kind of on your mind uh, right now. You know, this is an ongoing and changing issue. We have a lot of, uh, you know, upcoming, uh, you know, decisions regarding these tariffs. Um, is there any particular uh, date that comes to your mind towards the end of the year where, you know, maybe we should be concerned or alarmed if things don't change? I, I, I don't really have a magic date out there. <laughs> uh, you know, our crystal ball isn't, isn't, isn't any better than anyone else's, I don't think. But I would, I would look for... Uh, as a sign, perhaps, Peter, of, of deal closings and activity. You, know, you see firms obviously making their announcements in the private equity firms. If you see a slowdown in activity and, and closings, that will be one of your indicators. Um, the, the, the headlines will be grabbing out there in terms of uh, the, the trade discussions. But there's not a date that, that, that we're hanging our hat on that it has to be there or not. Our deals are proceeding forward. We're doing our best, as I said, to explain the tactical actions taken here and um, when the uncertainty, you know, moves 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 away, we'll see perhaps even faster deal closings. Tom, and and as well, you know, uh, we're getting you know halfway, already halfway through the year. Um, so, how you know activity in the first second quarters uh, very good in the M and A space for the rest of the year? Do you guys see activity being higher than the first part of the year, or generally slower? Actually, we're we're at Lincoln and our industrial team. We're actually going to see an even faster second half than the first half. All right, all right. I guess that's good to hear. 
so uh, Tom, again, thanks for uh, thanks for taking thanks for taking the time, and um, again, uh, thanks for thanks for speaking with us. Peter, it's a pleasure. Thanks for your time today, and all the best. All right.